morning's scripture reading <clears throat> comes from the second book of Exodus, 1 through 10, as printed in your um, program. Now a man, <clears throat> a man <clears throat> from the house of Levi went and married a Levite woman. The woman conceived and bore a son. And when she saw that he was a fine baby, she, she hid him for three months. When she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and plastered it with bitumen and pitch. She put the child in it and placed it among the reeds on the bank of the river. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. The daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river while her attendants walked beside the river. She saw the basket amongst the reeds and sent her maid to bring it. When she opened it, she saw the child. He was crying, and she took pity on him. This must, this must be one of the Hebrew children, she said. Then his sister said to the Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and get you a nurse from the Hebrew woman to nurse the child for you? Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Yes. So the girl went and called the child's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child and nurse it for me, and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed it. When the child grew up, she brought him to the Pharaoh's daughter, and she took him as her son. She named him Moses, because, she said, I drew him out of the water. The word of God for the people of God. So, so as I said, one of, uh, one of the things that we try to do at camp is to introduce our campers, the, the kids, to, to the Bible, to the words of the Bible, to the, the message of the Bible, to the stories of the Bible. Sometimes we do that by, by singing songs so the kids can, can learn the actual words. Often what we're, we're trying to do at camp is, is to introduce the kids to the stories and the characters of the Bible. You know, we believe that, that in the stories of the Bible we can hear God's voice. And we can feel God's love and we can find meaning and purpose for our lives. And so an awful lot of what we do when we're up at camp for the week is, is telling the sto kids the stories of the Bible and introducing them to, to characters. Now, sometimes we even have a, a counselor dress up as one of the more colorful characters of the Bible and, and uh, introduce uh, this person to the kids and they can interact and ask questions and, and learn about some of the characters of the Bible. A, a, couple, a couple years ago, as the leaders were getting ready for our week at camp, we decided that we wanted to introduce our campers to one of the, one of the more fascinating characters from the Bible, a man named John the Baptizer. Now, John was a prophet. He was a cousin of Jesus. He helped to prepare the way for the ministry of Jesus. And John the Baptizer is maybe best remembered for his unusual lifestyle. Now, John lived out in the wilderness like a, a wild man. He dressed in animal skins. And, and in some versions of the story, he survived on a diet of insects. In some versions of the story, uh, John, as he lived out there in the wilderness, each day would, would eat wild locusts. And, and as we were getting ready for camp that year, the leaders of the camp had a brilliant idea. We said, wouldn't it be fun, wouldn't it be fun for the campers to watch one of the counselors eating bugs? Wouldn't that be, wouldn't that be fun for them? And, and uh, we we got so excited about this idea that we went out and found a store that sold all kinds of edible insects. We got all, uh, an assortment of, of edible insects. We got some chocolate-covered ants, and we got some sour cream and onion-flavored crickets, and, and a couple of other things. We got all of these edible insects, and then... 
As we were getting ready for, for the week of camp, we gathered all of our counselors together and we said to our counselors, guess what? We said, we have had the most brilliant idea. We would like somebody to dress up like John the Baptist and, and eat insects in front of the campers. Who wants to eat bugs? And, and you may be surprised to learn that there was not overwhelming enthusiasm when we, when we asked that question. Uh, the counselors sort of stared at their shoes and, and nobody jumped up and raised their hands. And then finally the counselors, they said to us, they said, look, they said, you want us to, to give up a week of vacation to, to spend our time up in the woods with the campers? That's fine. And they said, you want us to spend a week sleeping on a squeaky rubber mattress? Okay, we'll do that. You, you want us to spend a week out in the forest getting chewed on by black flies and mosquitoes. We'll, we'll do that for Jesus, they said. But, but now you want us to eat the bugs. They said, that's where we draw the line. They said, they said we feel like that's just a, a bridge too far. And the camp leaders, we listened to, to everything that the counselors had to say. And we said, you know, you make some good points. And we appreciate your feedback. But here's the thing. We just went out and bought all these bugs, and so somebody's going to eat some bugs. And so long story short, we ended up drawing straws, and, and then a couple days later when all the campers were gathered at camp, one night we all got down around the campfire, and, and somebody came out, the counselor who drew the short straw came out dressed up in animal skins with a wig and a great big beard carrying a, a tray that was loaded down with all of, these, all of these insects. And then we started telling the campers the story of, of John the Baptist, and we said, we said, look, this man, he lived out in the wilderness, out in, in the desert all by himself and he wore animal skins and people thought he was really weird and every day he ate nothing but bugs. Can you believe that? We said, would you want to eat a bug? And here's the thing, I meant that when I asked it. I meant it as a rhetorical question. But, but in that moment, the campers surprised us by not receiving that as a rhetorical question. In that moment, the campers suddenly did something that we absolutely had not expected. When I said to the campers, would, would you want to eat a bug? 110-year-olds put their hands up in the air and started jumping up and down and saying, I want to eat a bug. Let me, let me try a bug. We didn't see that coming. We didn't, we didn't know they would be so eager and enthusiastic about eating the bugs. But we decided to roll with it, and so we said, okay, everybody who wants to eat a bug, come on down front, and we'll, we'll make a line. And just like that, there was a line of 110-year-olds waiting, waiting to eat a bug. Very quickly, we realized that we didn't have enough bugs for 100 campers. <laughs> And so we did, we did some quick thinking, and we started breaking down the bugs. You get a leg, you get a wing. And, and as each camper came forward, we said to them, the body of Jiminy Cricket, broken for you. No, no we didn't. Of course we didn't do that. But it was, it was like a weird sort of a communion service. Each camper came forward and, and tried a little bit of, of some kind of bug. There was not a camper all week long. There was not a single one of those campers who didn't, who didn't come down front and try, try eating one of those bugs. It caught us completely off guard. We were so surprised. But, but, but it's one of now, it's one of my favorite camping memories. I love to think back on that moment. And in that story, in that moment, you, you get a glimpse of one of the reasons why I love going to camp, why I go back up to spend the week with these kids summer after summer after summer. One of the things that I love the most about these campers, one of the, one of the things I love the most about these kids is their sense of enthusiasm. These kids, they bring with them to camp a, a sense of awe and wonder. These kids believe that, that the world is a beautiful place. God has filled this world with miracles and wonderful things. And these kids, 
they don't want to miss any of it. They want to taste everything. They want to see everything. They want to experience all of the good things that God has placed in this world. They're always ready to try something new, always, always quick to see the new thing that God is up to. And, and I have to believe, I believe that Miriam, the girl on this morning's Bible story, I believe that Miriam must have been like that when she was a girl. So in today's scripture reading from, from the book of Exodus, we have the story of this, this little girl named Miriam. If you grew up going to Sunday school, then this is probably a very familiar story to you, right? Now the story goes like this. The, the Israelites, God's people, lived in the land of Egypt. And they had been living in the land of Egypt for hundreds of years. For hundreds of years, there had been, had been peace between the Israelites and the Egyptians. But then suddenly one day, there came to be a, a new pharaoh a new king over the Egyptians. And this pharaoh, this new king, he was, was hateful and afraid of the Israelites. You know, this new king, he looked at these Israelites and he said to his advisors and he said to his people, he said, look at these people, they're, they're not like us. They have their own language. They worship their own God. They eat their own food. They have their own customs and traditions. And he said, look at how many of them there are said, if, if the Israelites decided to rise up against us, what could we possibly do? How could we possibly resist them? This Pharaoh became obsessed with bringing the Israelites under control and, and putting them in their place. So Pharaoh enslaved the Israelites. He made them work from, from sunup until sundown. He kept them on a, a starvation diet. But the Israelites were resilient and they kept on thriving. Somehow they kept on multiplying. And the population of Israelites in the land of Egypt just kept getting larger and larger until finally Pharaoh said, we need to take some, some drastic measures. And so Pharaoh issued a decree. He said, whenever an Israelite woman gives birth to a boy, that, that child shall be put to death. It was a, a fearful and a violent time. And in that fearful and violent time, there was one Israelite woman who came to do something desperate and, and a little bit faithful. There was an Israelite woman who gave birth to a baby boy. And for as long as she could, she kept him hidden. But she knew that she couldn't hide this, this baby forever. And so finally, when he was just a, a few months old, when the, the time seemed right, when she had prepared herself to do this, this dreadful thing, she took the baby down to the river. And she put him in a watertight basket. And she put the basket in the water there among the reeds. And then she said a prayer and she placed her son in God's hands and she turned and she walked away. And this is where Miriam enters the story. Now that baby boy had an older sister. Now we don't know very much about, about the older sister Miriam. We don't know how old she was. We don't know how much she was able to understand of, of what was happening, of what the situation was. All we know is that when, when this baby's mother walked away from the river, Miriam stayed. She stayed hidden in the reeds by the riverbank, watching this basket, her eyes locked on this basket, waiting to see what would happen next. Why, why when the mother walked away, why did this little girl, Miriam, stay? I like to think it's because Miriam must have been like every other 10-year-old I have ever met. She believed that God was about to work a miracle, and she wanted to be there when it happened. She wanted to see what God was going to do next. She wanted to taste it. She wanted to see it. She wanted to experience it for herself. She wanted to see the miracle, and so she sat, and she waited, and she watched that basket, and then after a little while of waiting, after a while of hiding, suddenly, suddenly the miracle happened. 
Uh, a young woman came down to the river uh, to splash around and play with her friends in the water. This young woman was a princess. She was Pharaoh's own daughter. And this young woman got down into the water, and she saw this basket floating, floating over in the reeds, and she was curious. She walked over to the basket to see what was in it. And Pharaoh's daughter, she was a, a clever young woman. When she saw the baby in the basket, immediately she put the whole story together. She understood who this baby must be, where he must have come from. Pharaoh's daughter was not like Pharaoh. Now, Pharaoh was cruel and, and hard-hearted, but Pharaoh's daughter had a tender and compassionate heart. And when she looked at this baby in the basket, her heart, her heart was softened, and, and she decided that she was going to have mercy on this baby. She decided she was going to take this baby into her own home and raise him as her own son. And so she took the baby up out of the basket. Miriam saw all of this happen from her place over in the reeds. She watched the miracle happen. Miriam was also a clever girl. And suddenly there came a moment when she realized that God was not just allowing her to witness the miracle. God was inviting her to be part of the miracle. And Miriam, she did some quick thinking and then she jumped out of the bushes and she walked up to the princess and she said, she said, your highness, your majesty, she said, raising a baby is a whole lot of work. There are going to be midnight feedings and, and diapers to change. She said, you may not, may not know all of what you're getting yourself into, she said, but I just happen to know an Israelite woman who has just lost her son. And she would be a wonderful nursemaid. She would make a great nanny for this baby that you have just found. Would you like me to go and get her? And so, and so it came to pass that the baby Moses was saved. And not only that, but he got to, to remain with his family. And not only that, but years later, all of the Israelites were led by Moses out of slavery in the land of Egypt, all because a little girl believed that God was going to work a miracle, and she wanted to be there where it happened. She brought her sense of awe and wonder and enthusiasm into this story, and it changed, it changed the story of God's people forever. One of the greatest gifts that children have to offer us, the church, is their, their enthusiasm, their sense of awe and wonder. One of the biggest mistakes we can make as a church is to squash that enthusiasm and to tamp down that sense of, of awe and wonder. I see this happen in the church over and over and over again. We do this, we do this with the best of intentions. A couple weeks ago, we had a funeral right here in, in this space. And among the mourners who gathered in this space, there was a little girl, maybe three years old, maybe four years old. And it was clear that she didn't understand all of what was happening, why all of these people had, had gathered together. But she knew, she understood that she was in a beautiful and wonderful place. When her mom carried her through those doors into the sanctuary, this little girl's eyes got really wide, and she started looking around and trying to, trying to drink all of this in. And as we started the, the funeral service, this little girl was sitting there in her mother's lap, and she started pointing and saying, look, look, mom, look at that. See how beautiful that is. And look, mom, look at that window. See what's over there in that window. And of course, this mother in that moment had one of those moments that many of us, including me as a parent, have had in worship where she started to, to be afraid that her daughter was causing a distraction and disrupting what was happening in worship. And so she did what many of us, including me, have done in similar moments in places like this. What do you think she did? She said, shh. She said, we have to be quiet in here. 
And so this little girl, she did the best that she could to, to be quiet and not to wiggle, but finally it just got to be too much for her, and, and she got tired of craning her neck, and so this little girl, she crawled out right there in the center aisle, and then she lay down on her back <laughs> and looked up at the ceiling, all those feet way, way above her head. She just drank it in. She soaked in the beauty and the, the wonder of this place. And of course, you can guess what her mom did next. Her mom did what many of us parents, including me, have done in similar moments. Mom got up and scooped up the little girl and carried her right, right out of the sanctuary. One of the biggest mistakes we can make as a church is to turn our churches into places where awe and wonder and enthusiasm are not allowed. One of the biggest mistakes we can make as a church is to say to our children, Go wait out there and you can come back in here when all of this is as boring to you as it is to the rest of us. Go wait out there and come back, come back in here when your eyes have glazed over like our eyes have glazed over. Go out there, you can come back in here when you are no longer tempted to look up and see, see what God has built in this place. One of the biggest mistakes we can make as a church is to tamp down that sense of awe and wonder and enthusiasm. God has filled this world world with miracles. God is working miracles every minute. If we want to see those miracles, if we want to be part of those miracles, the best thing we can do as a church is to put the kids down in the front row and just follow their lead. The best thing we can do as a church is to allow our children to be an example for all of the believers. Let's pray. God, we pray. God, we pray that you would help us to follow in the footsteps of the children you have sent to this place. God, give us a, a small dose of their wonder, their enthusiasm. God, we pray that you would help us to learn from them to expect wonders and miracles to happen. God, we pray that you would, would help us to remember to look when they point and say, how beautiful, see what God has done. God, we pray that you would raise up a generation of young leaders here within your church. In Jesus we pray. Amen.